I mean, I've been doing. Now it's time for Modern Money Donuts with Stephen Hale and Gabrielle Bond. Hi, everyone. My name is Gabrielle Bond. Um, I'm the organiser for the Sustainable Prosperity Action Group here in Adelaide, South Australia. This is a group of activists who are campaigning about MMT and climate action. And I'm also the director of Modern Money Lab, which is a think tank focusing on MMT and ecological economics. And uh, I'm uh, part of that along with Stephen, uh, who's my co-interviewer, and also Philip Lorne, um, who is an uh, ecological economist in South Australia. Um, Stephen? Thanks very much, Gabby. Uh, yeah, I'm a, an economist with Modern Money Lab with Gabby, and I'm also adjunct associate professor at Torrens University here in Adelaide. Our guest today is Maren Poitras. Maren is associate producer with Codebreaker Films on two recently released features. One was Enemies of the State and the other one was uh, United States versus Reality Winner. Her current film in production, Finding the Money, won the Audience Award at Docklands Film Festival, Doc Pitch 2021. She has produced, directed and shot issue-based media for clients ranging from congressional candidates in the US to environmental non-governmental organisations. Myron has a background in environmental science and agriculture with a bachelor's from UC Berkeley. She currently resides off-grid in Western North Carolina. So welcome, Myron. Myron should be joining us now. Fingers crossed. Hi. Lovely to see you again. Yeah, so good to see you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited for your, your new adventure here. Well, thanks for coming on. I greatly admire yeah. you for taking on a project like uh, like this movie. What motivated you to do it in the first place? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question because it certainly is a daunting task. Um, I don't know if I would recommend it to anyone else, but... Um, but it's you know it's it's been a long process and as most documentaries are they usually take especially for a first feature you know many years to to produce and, and complete and i guess you know i started researching this topic a while back um because you know as you know my background's kind of in environmental science um agriculture climate change of course and it's like these are such big societal issues i guess i wanted to spend my energy where i could to address you know the root cause of these big issues um I, I was getting kind of tired of fiddling around the edges, right? And so, for you know, of course, that really kind of led me to the economic system. Um, and it, it's, I'm like, okay, it's got to be something in the economic system, right? And, you know, there's just, you just have kind of an inkling that something isn't right with economics. Like, it doesn't always make intuitive sense. And I think I took a environmental economics course at, in college and it just did not make any sense. It was very frustrating. Mm. And, you know, that they could say that the economy will grow forever, you know, on a finite planet, and there's no problem with that. Yeah. Um, at, at, you know, and other fun, fundamental assumptions. Mm. Um, and so, so I started there. And then I guess, you know, through, I really kind of started with ecological economics, I think reading some great books put out, uh, maybe like enough is enough, and basically just started 
getting my hands on what books I could, um, kind of hmm. living out here off grid. I had more time to read um, and just gather books. And so um, through that, I guess somehow I got cued in on the money piece um, and the money question. And the first thing that kind of sparked my interest was hearing that banks create money um, out hmm. of thin air, that they don't necessarily have to you know, have the money first, get deposits before they can make loans. I had never heard that before. Um, and that just definitely sparked my interest and got me down this path um, to first kind of around ecological economics and then kind of the positive money folks. And that eventually brought me to MMT. And I was actually, you know, very skeptical at first as well and kind of reading all the debates um, between, I guess, positive money and, and MMT, which aren't as far apart as other um, as other groups, perhaps. But um, still, they felt nearer still too. some debate. I think I think the gaps between the positive money people and MMT have got nearer. I like to think because the positive money people, most of them have come to understand the monetary system better than maybe they did five yeah. years ago. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was about, you know, four or five years ago that I was kind of hmm. engaging with this. So um, and the public banking piece, um, I was in the Bay Area. There's like this great group, the public um friends of the public bank of the east bay i think it is now it was oakland mm. um now it's east bay and um so they're doing great stuff but i guess mmt was just even even a bigger picture like even more exciting and it just kind of like mm. makes intuitive sense like even though i was skeptical at first and like once you hear it, yeah. Back against it yeah like once yeah, it started to click i was like this makes sense <laughs> um and and even just like the description of borrowing from china like i think that really kind of won me over. Um, but but yeah, so it's, it is just like, of course, the bigger picture pieces of the puzzle fitting into place and seeing like, oh, how could we not like, okay, who, how could we not know this already? And why is this kind of a revelation? And, you know, kind of who knows what, like, why isn't this common knowledge? And that's always mm -hmm. been kind of my driving question, I think, through all of this. And then that just trying to tell it. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think a good way of introducing it actually is to play the trailer that you produced rather than to ask you to uh, outline the basics of modern monetary theory because I think the trailer does a great job doing that. Before we do this, I just want to mention that the trailer might not play perfectly through the app we're using and this is no reflection on the movie or the, the trailer. If you go on to Marin's uh, uh, site, um, finding the money. Uh, let me just check out uh, uh, one way of, of finding the movie is to go onto the filmmakerscollaborative.org site and then uh, uh, slash finding the money and you can you can have a look at the trailer on there if it doesn't play great. Yeah. Um, then, um, it's also uh, at the link that's at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> finding findingmoneyfilm.com. Thanks very much, Gabby. Let's try and play it. We all mute. I mean, I've been doing this now for a lot of years in mostly, I won't say hostile audiences, but in a sense, usually when I show up for an appearance, it's like walking into the lion's den. Our next speaker is going to introduce this crazy radical idea that we maybe don't need to tax people 
in order to get their money to pay for things. Introducing this radical idea is Stephanie Kelton. I come with an unconventional message. We think of spending and taxing as two sides of the same coin. If we want to fund a new program, the question is, how are you going to pay for it? Where will you get the money? You have to find the money. That's not how it works. Okay, the way that the conventional story goes, Uncle Sam needs money. If Uncle Sam wants to spend, Uncle Sam has to find some money. He can tax and he can borrow. Once it's collected the dollars, after that, it can spend. We flip that around completely. An unconventional economic theory is gaining some traction. Modern monetary theory, MMT. And one of its leading proponents is Professor Stephanie Kelton. She has advised Bernie Sanders' campaign. And she argues that almost everything we are told about the deficit is wrong. For $28 trillion in debt, there will be a day of reckoning. If you're looking for more COVID bailout money, we don't have it. How are we going to pay for it? Congress has spent all the money. You don't find the money. It's not a matter of finding the money. They don't find the money, they create it. They create it through a keystroke. Washington holds the power of the purse. They don't need to come to the rest of us to get dollars in order to be able to spend dollars. They're the source of the U.S. currency. Governments have to spend first. How can you tax back dollars that no one has? In a real sense, it is as simple as that. But there's nothing more deceptive than an obvious fact. This idea of so-called modern monetary theory that all government debts can be paid by printing money. First they ignore you, then they ridicule you, then they fight you, and then you win. And for many years, we felt ignored. You can't do what you're looking to do with 20 trillion in debt. We, we want to lift this crushing burden of debt off of our, our children and grandchildren. And grandchildren. The government debt is not a burden on anyone. It is exactly the opposite. Zimbabwe printed more currency to pay its bills too. That leads to inflation. No, no, no. Inflation is the constraint. But at some point, they started laughing at us. Modern monetary theory? I think of all the ideas I've ever heard in my lifetime, that's one of the stupidest. I mean, we were always asking ourselves the question, do conventional economists understand what we're speaking of? MMT is confused. The problem of deficits, of course, is that you have to pay back the money. We do not have to repay the debt. Or is it that they actually don't understand? And then to the fight you stage. And so we're in the fight you stage. Modern monetary theory tells us that the debt doesn't make theory is complete nonsense. Bill Gates recently took exception with MMT, calling it crazy talk. How are you going to pay for it? America's broke. Out of control debt. The debt that we are going to have to pay back. We don't have any money. The government doesn't need money. The government needs us to need money. The difference is not a trivial one. It changes everything. It changes our view of the nature of money. The true story of money is not the story that I've been told. That's so great. I love that teaser. Played really well as well. Uh, I can't wait for the movie. My favourite bit, I think, is uh, uh, Lua Yuil, uh, when she says uh, the government doesn't need our money. The government needs us to need its money. 
I, but uh, yeah, really all the way right. through. Yeah. And uh, Matt Forstatter is absolutely right when he questions whether what he calls conventional economists understand. It's not that when they criticise modern monetary theory, in almost all cases, um, we're not really having a proper debate with them very often because they haven't engaged with the ideas well enough. They haven't engaged, and I gather you do this mm. in the movie, with the history of money sometimes. So they don't fully understand the nature of money. Even Nobel Prize winning economists like Paul Krugman often just miss the point. But if, uh, Gabby, you wanted to ask some questions. Oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a ton of questions, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, perhaps um, just because uh, we, we tend to go a little bit too long on these, these things, uh, because we get too interested in, in what our guests are saying. But um, could you perhaps just tell us um, when we might be able to see the full movie and how we might access that in the future, just so that people can remember to, to look out for it and make sure they go and see it and support it? If Byron can hear us. <laughs> uh, we've lost her. We've lost Myron from now. Uh, uh... What a shame. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little Actually, bit. Yeah, um, I mean, I think yeah. So, so the idea about whether whether the people who are in charge of the joint, so to speak, actually know how this works and are misleading all of us uh, deliberately, or whether they genuinely don't understand it, I think is something that comes up as a question quite often for us and. It would seem that it's the latter, that they genuinely don't get it. Do you have any thoughts on that? It goes all the way back, as I think Maureen's coming back again. Yeah, it's Maureen. Describing... That's, that's all right. It's great to see you again. I was just going to answer um, one of Gabby's questions, actually, which is about the importance of the history of money and going all the way back, as I think your movie does, yeah. to Mesopotamia and... Could you just tell us something, because we can't see that in the clip, something about how you're going to do that in the movie and why it's important? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important. And it's it's really what kind of convinced me, I guess, and, and it was just so compelling um, to see the history, too. And I think, I think I didn't fully grasp MMT until I kind of understood a different way of thinking about the nature of money or and the story that we tell about money and so i think it all comes back to these kind of very old stories about money and um the mmt story i think you know is very different than the conventional story which i kind of i posit the conventional story is maybe what we call the myth of barter or the story of barter mm -hmm. um and, yeah. and proposing these very different kind of examples of money through time i mean we often only hear about money being gold let's say or gold coins and it's so strong in our psyche i think to think of money as an object especially you know a chunk of gold that just has value in and of itself because it's a commodity and it's scarce and that kind of determines its value um, so the historical pieces are going to be introduced throughout, they'll kind of weave throughout the film to help give clues and like drive the, the narrative forward. So, you know, we kind of have the narrative arc of MMT and their kind of rise towards success, you know, and it, it's almost like a hero's journey, really kind of we're following this, this underdog group. Um, mm. But along the way, you know, you kind of need to learn the pieces of the puzzle almost in the right order in order for that to also make sense. 
And that thread to also have its own kind of conflict and its own kind of mystery and tension that it's building. And so the historical pieces will be introduced, but also like hopefully lend a little bit of mystery as well and kind of um, give you these clues, but maybe not, maybe everything doesn't come together until a certain way through. Um, but some of the examples we're definitely using are like tally sticks in medieval England um, and maybe paper in the US colonies and maybe the African African colonies as well. Um, but I just love the, the tally stick example so much because it's so visual, you know, and I think the, the really, the number one revelation that I do want to get across in the film is this idea that money always has two sides, that there's the debt and the credit. And for me, like, until I understood that one piece, I just don't think I got it. Um, mm. And I think that's what helps me understand what the national debt is. Um, yeah. And that we can think about that. As, exactly, exactly. It's just like this idea of two balancing sides, right? And the, and the tally stick, um, so how we're going to do it is through through animation and illustration. So I've got um, a great illustrator who we worked with to produce a sample of the tally stick scene. So we have that kind of done as a proof of concept that we include in our work samples when we're out fundraising. And so the idea is, you know, to kind of have this painterly look, this this almost like 17th century oil painting. You kind of we just paint the picture of this time and place and just kind of move through a scene with some movement. And so. Um, it, it, it really helps to have the visuals, right, um, for, for a film. And so sometimes this film is like a little bit abstract, right? But I think it's also very visual, that we need to visualize it, that we need to start visualizing what money actually is, not as a lump of gold or as a piece of paper. Like it's yeah. not the object, it's kind of, there's something underneath that that's not always visible to the naked eye. And that's what we really want to visualize using graphic animation as well. So we have the historical interludes, but then we also have this other kind of graphic animation that's gonna overlay over more of the modern um, interviews and, and B-roll as well. And so, so yeah, so that gets that gets to a lot, but I think it's really one of the main features of the film is to be able to visualize money in a very different way that has never been visualized before. And I think if we if we remember and we think about money as always keeping track of that, that plus and minus, like money mm -hmm. having these two sides, the debt and the yeah. credit, the plus and the minus. And if you remember that it's always got those two sides, then you won't kind of lose track of you won't kind of get confused when you hear like, oh, there's just this pool of savings that exists in the world mm -hmm. and the government is needs to borrow from that savings. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, you know, yes. where did they come from and where are they going? Um, I love so I love that comment that that was going during the rounds on social media where, where it says, you know, world debt is such and such trillion dollars. And then someone writes underneath, well, who do we owe this to? You know, aliens? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just... <laughs> exactly exactly and so that's my like this big question is you know who understands what like shouldn't we know what money is and what debt is um especially if it's a man-made concept um mm. it seems that we should know what it is and how it works and yet so many folks don't and that was kind of my big goal was to go around mm. and talk to a variety of different economists for the film and try to to figure out kind of what who's thinking what and kind of where where are the mistakes happening or, you know, where is kind of the, the core um, of where the divergence happens or the core of the misunderstanding or the core of the conflict. Um, and I, yeah, and I guess for me personally, through the journey, I've figured out it really is kind of that core understanding of our story of money um, and, and where, where it comes from and, and who creates it and how it's created. So yeah, the nature Absolutely. of money. Imagine just you. Go on, Gabby. So imagine, um, you know, when the film comes out and all these people are seeing this for the first time 
imagine how different their their understanding is going to be and what they can do with that new knowledge. That's what's exciting to me. So I'm really hoping that you can tell us uh, where we might go to find the film and um, how we can support it and when we might be needing to look out for it for its um, debut. Yeah, well, I would love to tell you, be able to tell you more, but you know, we're we're progress progressing now. We've almost got our first rough cut, um, so that's Excellent. a really important kind of milestone. But but you know, it is independently produced, so we just we don't have a distribution yet, um, and that kind of comes with independent films. Once you, it can come really at any stage. Someone could get on board and, and say, okay, we're going to buy and distribute the film. So we're we're going to pitch sessions and and applying yeah. for for grants to to connect with other funders as well as distributors because we've raised about a quarter of the budget that we need, um, you know, and we've been able to do everything pretty low budget until now. But a lot of the costs come in post production, which is kind of the animation that I mentioned, the illustration, sound design, like original music, um, and <clears throat> those things are really important color correction all that kind of stuff kind of that's not really the bulk of 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 the budget comes at this later yeah. stage but um but at least like funders know that it's real there's a rough cut there's a story there so it's a little bit easier to raise funds at that point but we've been really lucky you know we had a successful crowdfunding campaign really thanks to the mmt community like got donations from around the world so i was just Excellent. so so thankful so people for can that go to your website and donate yeah, so on the website, there should be a link to my fiscal sponsor, which is, yeah, the Filmmakers Collaborative SF, and you can donate through them. It's tax deductible um, in the U.S. at least. And so, so yeah, so it's yeah. totally tax deductible. I'm also taking on investors. So documentaries are kind of weird. You can have investors and and nonprofit um, tax deductible donations. And so, so yeah, we've been lucky. We've got a few, a couple investors and and grants and then the crowdfunding and the crowdfunding is really what what sparked it um and yeah. so i'm always really thankful for that <clears throat> but but yeah so i will so oh yeah also sign up for the mailing list on my on my website and that would be the best way to keep in touch about when as soon as we know anything about distribution or finalizing it but the goal is definitely with absolutely we you know we've got um dozens if not hundreds of people who would who would love to see this film just just in our city so you know really very excited yeah yeah and so maybe it'll play festivals or maybe it'll go on streaming really quick so that's kind of the idea is you kind of have like a premiere a big exciting festival premiere maybe you get a sale and then you get on an international streaming streaming site so that's definitely the goal um but but we'll need help you know kind of marketing and spreading it and getting that kind of social media buzz or just that natural kind of organic spread that you get because netflix might not be posting it on on their front page we don't know yet yeah we'll be promoting it all over australia <laughs> uh when it comes out uh, uh yeah. it's i heard it's you such say a useful tool in our toolkit you know because yeah. we're trying to we're trying to express these things but we don't have um a beautiful uh and and kind of self-contained piece of art that people can see anyway it's it's yeah very exciting for us i yeah. heard you say on in, on another interview that MMT was the biggest story in the world. <laughs> and I think appreciating that money, that thing that everybody takes for granted, didn't. Uh, whatever generations of economics textbooks have told people, um, didn't emerge out of a pre-existing barter system with governments coming along later on and stealing people's money and messing everything up mm -hmm. but in fact was invented by the earliest 
effectively tax collecting governments and actually money came first and sophisticated organized markets came later and that to this day every dollar that the u.s federal government spends is a new dollar that they mm -hmm. don't need our dollars they need us to need their dollars mm -hmm. as lewis said mm -hmm. in the clip that is such an important insight and once people understand that which i think your movie is going to get over incredibly well because just those few minutes mm. that we just watched got that over um it's very very empowering and I, the the movie couldn't be you couldn't be making this movie at a better point in time either <laughs> it's the timing yeah. is so great it was marvelous to uh, uh watch those interviews we just watched i know you were going to see warren warren mosler at some point has that happened yet not yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on trying to get down there. But yeah, COVID has been has kind of slowed things down. I think. Of a little bit. course. Yeah. Are you going to yes, go to the Virgin get... Islands? Yeah, I'm hoping to very yeah. soon um, if he lets me. So, um, so yeah, we are working working hard on that because um, he's such. You know, if if you think about the story as like a, a hero's journey, you know, in the typical kind of Star Wars film he's he's really kind of the yoda right and and, and stephanie mm -hmm. and the others are kind of jedis and so it really is so essential to tell and and to connect with like there's such good characters involved and so you need to kind of connect with them and also build a little bit of trust for them um and and to understand warren's background is just this kind of really interesting logical thinker who is able to take a step back and look at look at the big picture from mm. not only monetary operations but also you know engineering boats and cars and all the yeah. other things that he does and so i think that's just such interesting background that's important for the story itself right yeah. and so um so yes yeah, so i really want to pre present this first and foremost as an entertaining story and and it has that because it's great characters t tons of drama and conflict and that's kind of the key of any of any story um and so it has all that but then it also has so much right political relevance and and huge stakes for whether they're going to win or lose right like i do think it's the biggest story in terms of whether you know we're going to survive as, as a species and whether a lot of other yeah. species are yeah. going to survive and so so that's obviously what drives me and so yeah i always kind of feel compelled and an urgent need to get this out sooner mm -hmm. rather than later because i kind of know the clock is ticking on climate mm -hmm. change and yeah. i do share you know with a lot of mmters share the idea that this is kind of the key obs like the key obstacle that's presented to doing something about climate change is the question of how are you going to pay for it and then and even deeper than that not just how are you going to pay for it but you know does the government even have any right or like play should play any role in the in the economy and i think that's where the, the story of money not only do you completely i think what the story of money does at at the core and what i want to get to as, as the deepest part the deepest level of the story is to use the story of money to show really the place of of governments and markets in the economy right so when we like you were just telling the story if it if the if the conventional story says you know first there are markets the markets invented money and then the government came along much later to take some of that money away for its own uses and taxing you and so forth but if it's actually the other way around you know that yeah. the government starts 
first, like political authorities develop, and they invent money not to make trade easier, but they invent money to make taxation easier, to move resources, right, as a tool to move resources. And so it's this human invention for a specific purpose. And then much later, we choose to create markets as a distributive mechanism, but it's, it's, it's always chosen, right? It's like, who has the agency to choose to make these choices and to kind of, you know, decide how we're going to organize ourselves in a society. And luckily today, you know, we have democracies. And so I think it's our right as every voter and every participant in society to um, participate in these economic questions, right? It's not just for the experts. When we realize that that economics is really politics at at its core, that's what it is. It's up to us to write the rules and make and choose what kind of world we want. And if we want to live in a sustainable, sustainably prosperous world, we can choose that. And I think, I don't think we are in, we're um, empowered to, to know that we have that choice without this different kind of story about money. Cause otherwise we think money is just too powerful and there's nothing we can do against this kind of overwhelming force that is money and that is, you know, kind of inequality. This is just nature. This is just the mm-hmm. way it is. You can't do anything. Um, the rich are always going to be rich and the poor are going to be poor. And so, and, 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 and that the government will just mess everything up if they try to transition our economy to a more sustainable one to avert climate change. Like they'll just say, that'll destroy everything, you know, right? Like the government has yeah. no role to play in the economy. And so yeah. if we think about it differently and understand money as this, right, the most important thing, like understanding money as a public tool, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and yeah, and a tool that we've created and we need to learn how to use that tool um, to, to better society. I think that's the most important yeah. thing that I want people to come away with. What a fantastic way to wrap up. I know I'm going to go back onto Myron's site and donate some more money towards <laughs> making this movie because I think it's so important. I'd like to urge everybody else that's got a few dollars Uh, available to do the same thing because I really want to see this movie come out as soon as possible. I want to thank Maren again for making it. And what you were just talking about, um, we are going to next week talk to our dear friend Phil Lorne, who Mm. is, if you're talking about people who bridge the gap between modern monetary theory and ecological economics, he is basically the Warren Mosler of that area. Um, so it would be fantastic to talk to Phil. We're going to ask him what the word degrowth means and then just listen and talk, talk about that for the next half an hour. But after that, which will be marvellous. Um, in half an hour's time, Joe Firestone will be on uh, this um, link if people want to watch Joe's uh, show. It's great yes. every week. Stick around. Did you want to add anything else, Gabby? Um, well, I was just thinking as you were talking about... Um, uh, sort of climate activism led you towards a better understanding of economics and to seek out that, you know, how, trying to understand how this world that we're operating in, which is kind of feels like it's against us and so many hurdles that we have to push through. And thinking of people that I know who are trying to do the same thing, but perhaps with law like climate litigation and perhaps with uh uh, you know, activism like Extinction Rebellion and the whole theory about having 3.5% of the people mobilised. Um, mm. I think uh, as, as, as an ecosystem of people who are trying to act on climate change, um, I think 
the role that you're playing and the role that we're we're playing as well is something that um, will only make others stronger. Yeah, Every, yeah. Everybody has to do whatever they can do. And what you've done with this movie and what you are doing with this movie is really amazing. Thank you very much, Mari. I'm trying. I can't wait till it's done. <laughs> so so I will look forward to letting you know. It's a long, long journey, but we're getting closer every day. Well, so, let's have yeah. you on again when, when we can direct people to go and see it, because um, I think that would be terrific. It would Perfect. be very exciting. Fantastic. Perfect. Well, well thanks very much, Maura, and, and yeah. good evening. Yeah, good thank luck. you for your guys. Thank you for good your work, the next too. Stage. Thank you thanks. so much. Thank you. Have a good night.